morning. Welcome to Not Superwoman. On this week's episode, our very first episode, we have the incredible Sarah Pound, Wholesome by Sarah, who is also the head nutritionist at 28 by Sam Wood and was willing to sit down with us and have just the most inspiring chat. She is just a powerhouse. I left that interview and I felt so happy. Even though I don't sound happy in that, what I just said, she made me feel elated and like I could do anything and I was inspired by her. I I honestly absolutely loved her and I've never been someone that would follow, not a food blogger because she encompasses so much more than that in what she does, but I kind of went home and I was like, Charlie, I'm going to be a new woman this week. Yeah. He kind of just looked at me like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and I wasn't a new woman that week. However, she did transform my cooking <laughs> and I gave the girls one of her meals and they're like, did daddy cook this? And I'm like, daddy didn't cook it, mummy did. <laughs> I'm like, it's delicious and eat it and it's nutritious and I just felt like I, know. I dominated. Yeah, so what we didn't realise is going in to interview her was – we were intending to talk to her about being her journey to how she got to a food content creator and head nutritionist of Twenty Eight by Sam Wood, as well as running a catering company, and so her and then meals. But then, what was so refreshing and uplifting was that she was such a raw and vulnerable woman that just shared with us like the realities of what her life really is like whether or the juggle that she's gone through this the full circle journey about you know starting studying nutrition and then going a bit off track and then coming back and and then on top of that the juggle of kids and the reality of that her support networks like she, she really um a lot of people I think I think a lot of people want to own and be proud of the fact that they can manage and do all these things and so then in turn imply they do it alone. But Sarah is very honest in in owning that she has a lot of help. She wouldn't be able to do it alone. Um, And then her advice as a female to to us um, actually has profoundly impacted us doing this podcast and the way in which we've held ourselves since. I mean, she said to, to us towards the end, and I don't want to give it all away, but she but said... But I will. But I, <laughs> I can't help myself. But she said, if you're going, if you have an idea, if you're passionate about something, um, own it and be proud of it and hold yourself to account by telling people and um, and so it's really shifted the way the gear of us um, doing this podcast. And so she really encompassed all facets of what we're trying to achieve with the sentiment of not super woman, and hence the reason why she's episode one. And just so excited to share it with you guys, and hope you feel um, as good as we felt when we learnt, chatted and had fun with her. She's a legend. Take it away, Sarah. Go, Sarah. Welcome to Not Superwoman. And on this week's episode, we're so excited because we have the amazing Sarah Pound, who has a great online following for her incredible Instagram, Wholesome by Sarah, and also um, the new position of head nutritionist at 28 by Sam Wood, which is so exciting. And in this episode, we want, we're so keen to talk to you about your career path to date. Um, I've been following you since you started uh, your two pounds take-home meals and then catering company, and then which then onto your Wholesome by Sarah account, which is the premise of that is uh, nutritional, quick and easy midweek meals. And, um, and it's been quite, from, from watching you online and um, it's been quite a journey, you have been so true to you and real and vulnerable and shared the highs and the lows. And so it was, we're so excited to have you take us through that journey to date. And then we 
are really looking forward to getting some hot tips on how on earth we're going to spice up our cooking at home. When you don't cook, like me. (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, Zoe lucked out with a partner that loves cooking. Um, Me, on the other hand, I'm suffering in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we need Um, you, Sarah. We need you badly. (laughs) So, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. That was such a lovely intro. Oh, no. Um, um, We're very honoured that you would take the time. I know how busy you are. Um, But we would love to know how you started out, like, I mean, you finished up school and let's go back to that. You were trying to figure out what you wanted to do. You seem to talk about your love of food. Did it start back then? Yeah, it, it did actually. Um, my love for food started even before school. Um, I just remember always cooking at home and in the kitchen. I used to set up kind of like this set up here with some fake tripods and not that this is <laughs> but I used to do that at home and pretend I was on camera and half the time I'd have my three younger sisters having to be audience members and I'd be like this is what we're cooking today and I just loved yeah being in the kitchen I love like, that so you were vlogging before vlogging. <laughs> <laughs> no probably not I'd like to say I was but it was just more the fun of it and I have always loved cooking and I, I get a lot of joy out of it. So, And I know a lot of people don't. Um, so who, who taught you to cook, Sarah? So mum, basically. Mum is, is a great cook. Um, and, yeah, she was just easy going with the kitchen and I'd sort of just get in there and, and it started like that. So cooking casually. Um, and then, yeah, throughout school, I used to bring these weird lunches to school, like I used to bring knives and chopping boards and I'd go into <laughs> oh the science God. lab and like chop up <laughs> and, you know, the teachers used to walk in and be like, you cannot have food in a science lab, like get out of here, there's chemicals everywhere. But I just always wanted something a little bit more, you know, even though I love sandwiches, but I wanted, yeah, something a bit more creative or a bit more, you know, different or whatever. So that continued through then and then finished school, um, in, sort of went to uni and did nutrition and dietetics. So I, I was also always fascinated by the health side of, of food and the body and how you can literally fuel your, your body with goodness, basically. Um, so I followed that and, yeah, completed a bachelor degree in that and then wanted to get on to do the Masters, masters of Dietetics, but I actually didn't get in. Um, they took sort of like eight people out of the whole, you know, 400 people that had finished the course. So, and I think it was a bit less common. This was sort of, I don't know, 15 years ago, even more. Um, nutrition wasn't celebrated like it is today. Like it's sort of over the last 15 years, it's just come about in leaps and bounds, which is fantastic. But back then it was sort of, yeah, it's now an industry that's, you know, huge in, in health foods and, and well-being and mindfulness and all of that. So it's it's sort of taken on what it should have years ago. But, um, yeah, didn't get into that and so then took some time. And then I think just being 22 or 23, whatever I was, you don't really – I didn't. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So then went and did a Master's of Primary School Teaching because I'd always loved kids. I'd nannied all through, um, you know, school and whatnot. So completed that and then taught for a couple of years. But it was just funny with that. It, that's what really showed me that I wanted to do something in food because – each year the term would start and you'd get busy in the term so you'd sort of just be busy crazy for the 10 weeks each time the holidays rolled around I would just think about this food dream and I'd just be like I love food so much it's just always coming back into my mind I want to do something myself I I somehow knew that my dad was always a business owner but he didn't share a lot of what he always went through I wish he did more but it just, I don't know, it was like it was in me that every time the holidays came around, I was like, I just want to do something myself. But I didn't really know what that was. And even though I loved teaching, loved the kids, um, yeah, I, I knew I had to do something or I'd regret it. So then um, taught for a couple of years and then mum and I started um, Two Pounds, which is a catering company that still exists. So that was nearly eight years ago now. Um, and... Do you want me just to keep babbling or am I yeah, going no, on no, the no, right track? So, no. so hang on just quickly. I'll just interrupt really quickly. So did you start Two Pounds from your home kitchen? Yes, yeah. Actually just around the corner um, okay. in Lexton Grove. Yeah. Um, registered our kitchens and 
Mum was there to help and everything, but we didn't register hers because she was sort of in a high-rise apartment. It was all too tricky um, with other res- with other residents and stuff. So I did a tiny little, it was my brother's apartment that I was renting at the time and fitted it out with like three fridges that were basically falling on top of the TV room couch because <laughs> it was like quite a little apartment. Um, and yeah, just started out of there, went online and, and we started with take-home meals because um, we kind of wanted to test you know, whether there was even a need for it, a want for it kind of thing. Um, so we do all our own deliveries like around the area and, yeah, started out like that and then within a year um, signed our first lease space in Malvern, like off Glenfrew Road. Amazing. I remember when you, because um, I, I was fortunate enough to experience a, a delivery by you and a take-home <laughs> meal that was delicious and I I just think what an amazing going back to how you said you were teaching, it's very difficult, I think, especially uh, as a woman to navigate the connecting of the dot of doing something that you're truly passionate about Mm. um, and actually making it a a viable career. So to take that leap of faith is and start that, but then to also then do it with your mum, I mean, that would have been really quite special. Yeah, definitely. Did, did it naturally merge that way? Did your mum go, I want to do this with you or? It's sort of, I kind of just asked her. I knew I needed help. Um, I knew, you know, she loved cooking. She loved, yeah, putting together. Her her favourite thing was the meals, the take-home meals. She loved making those. When we, a couple of years down the track, when it started to get into big events and catering, that's where mum sort of said, oh, okay, this is not for me. Um, but so I knew that she would or want, that's maybe a full on word, but would want like to help me. So I kind of just asked her and I said, look, I can't stop thinking about this. Do you want to help me out and, and, and get it going and get it off the ground? And, um, and she was like, yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, which was good. And then signed the lease in Malvern. And then from there you, um, had a take home meal business. Yep. Um, that then led to catering and events? Yes, yeah. So um, I knew I couldn't just start off being a caterer because I think a lot of what we've learned is, you know, when you book a caterer or whatever, it's it sort of has to come from not word of mouth necessarily, but you have to kind of know that they're good. So um, started out with the take-home meals and kind of started to grow the catering on the side, just one job here or there, and then that went well and they'd tell someone and, and so it sort of spread organically like that. Um, and then, yeah, soon we were taking on sort of bigger jobs, corporate jobs, um, and that was sort of, yeah, after once we got our space in Malvern and then did that for a good year or so and then um, I got pregnant with Lil, so um, which we'd planned, but it was absolutely terrifying because I had I worked seven days in the business, 12-hour days, and I'd sort of sacrificed on a lot of, like, I still went out. I just had the energy because I was in my 20s. So I you still went out and had big nights, but then. So, so what does your partner do? Is he? He's um, tra- jack of all trades. So I'm going to pump him up here because um, he's just been so amazing in all the little things that, that I've started. But he he's a project manager by trade. Yes. Started out engineer, then um, now project manager, works with his dad and sister with their business. But he is just like. Without sounding like a total dickhead, but no. he's just good at everything he does. Yeah, yeah. Like and really, supported you yeah, and tech, been a wonderful tech savvy team. and that kind of thing. So he was always there in the beginning. Um, whenever he gave up weekends nonstop, he'd come in on Sunday mornings at 6am after a huge night just to get a job out the door. His dad and mum did too. His dad, Jill, I love them. would be like cutting sandwiches and everything in at the shop on a Sunday morning at 6am and they just oh. always showed up like, you can't do it alone and it was especially with bigger jobs and stuff like, and when I couldn't afford to pay staff, they would just be like, yep, Sezzy, I'll be there. Like, it's just oh, it's phenomenal. Refreshing to hear, I guess, the transparency that you're willing to give in saying like you had heaps of support because we always, Zoe and I always talk about how, I mean, you go back to that very common but so true term, it takes a village. And to mm. hear that, you know, you had something that you knew you were capable of doing but you need, needed support then led to, is that also how you pulled through having your first... Yeah, so, um, yeah, when I got pregnant with Lil, it was a bit like, oh, gosh, how am I going to do this because I have to now leave the kitchen 
and be at home with her and everything because we had no systems or processes in place. Like I was like 27 and just wanted to start this food idea. Um, everything was in my own head. So I was just like, I don't yeah, know how I'm going to continue to do on. this. Like we, we're not a big, you know. Um, it turned out to be one of the best things ever because it actually forced me out of the kitchen and I hired some chefs and a manager um, and Sandra's actually still with me to this day, which is amazing. Um, but they then took on that role and I kind of, um, you know, in the last – well, I actually didn't really take maternity leave. I feel like sometimes when you're a business owner, you don't get no, to. You don't get to. Um, I was actually when my waters broke, oh my I had to go to the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and my husband was like, says, your waters are broken. Like we need to go to the hospital. I was like, no way. I just need to drop some food off and I've got to check a few more things. <laughs> he was like, no, no, no. Enough is enough. So anyway, eventually dragged me out to the hospital. Um, but then, yeah, Lil was born and, oh, that little saving grace angel. She was just like the easiest baby of all time. I'm so grateful for her. And I think I'll tell her every day as she gets older and realises what I mean by it. But she was just, which, because Penny, my second child, is so different and I could not have done it with Penny. But Lil just was just this patient little angel that allowed that kind of period of her first year for me to still be able to work. Like I could take her up to the shop quickly to the kitchen and she'd just go with the flow. She could sit in her high chair for sometimes two hours with me sitting next to her having to finish off proposals or get back to people or whatever. And she was just... I'm really lucky in that sense. She'd like wake up in bed and I'd be like, shit, I haven't finished that. Or I said to that person, I'd ring them back and she'd just lay in bed for however long I came into it, like until I came into it. So... With that, she was, yeah, like, so the transition was, um, yeah, it it kind of was a huge adjustment, especially having your first child. That's just horrendous in itself, personally. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, even you talking about the ease of it, I do now, like, you're triggering the thought to me, because I struggled with my first, Mm. but I was at home full time, and I wonder if it's because I... Bertie was my centralised focus to a point where the, the, the anxiety or the things that weren't going right just became bigger than Ben-Hur because I had nothing else to focus yeah. on. I don't know. I, my personality type certainly doesn't um, lend well to, to going with the flow. Yeah, but you never know what's coming. Like how could you – you can't prepare for having your first no, child and knowing ne- what to do. Never. It's just never. Like – and so then, like, you were running the catering and events by yep. then. And then when did you have your second child? So Penny came through COVID. Well, she was actually conceived before COVID, but kind of, yeah. So then went back to the catering and everything. And that was great because then Lil was in care and daycare and mother-in-laws and mothers were helping out so that I could work. Um, and kind of wanted to build two pounds to kind of, one of my biggest dreams was like catering big weddings, big private property weddings, like particularly down the Mornington Peninsula. We'd moved at that stage um, down to Summers. So that was like my big goal and worked towards that for a couple of years. And it was so great because we kind of got about eight done under our belt and then had about sort of 15 to 20 booked in the calendar and then the lovely COVID hit, so which I'm not going to ramble on about COVID because everyone is so bloody overhearing about it and fair enough. But um, And obviously, for you know, it, it affected everyone, but for particularly, I have to say this, for businesses that were directly related to, you know, lockdown announcements and, and that were, you know, at, at there's someone coming on the TV saying, you know, we're going into lockdown tonight or tomorrow night, that for the businesses that it directly affected was horrendous um and so it just was this stop start thing forever um and you couldn't build you couldn't grow you couldn't plan you couldn't goal set you couldn't do anything all the things that I love to do that helped me develop in the business world and me as a person you couldn't do because you never knew what was coming so um then we were pregnant I was pregnant with Penny and um had her pregnancy which I hate pregnancy, so I was just sick for most of that. 
Yeah, I, just, I do not understand people that say, I love being pregnant. I know. I look it's at them like and I'm like, what is wrong? It's definitely a personality thing. And like, a, a, yeah, I mean, look, I'm I'm short and stout and I just end up looking like an oomble of blur and I didn't love it either. So I've got to say I'm with you. But I do, I, I, I envy the people that, that say yes, yes. yes. Same. I envy it. It I would just, be nice to be one of those people because it would, if you enjoyed it, it would be a lovely experience. But I just mm. don't. Yes. I felt literally hungover every yeah, single day. Yeah, same. And just the sickness. And I had the diabetes with the with the oh, needles. And yeah, <laughs> right. okay, that's awful. Yes. yes. So um, yeah, because kind of. Yeah, there's Fruit Loops and stuff that got made. For it. it was really <laughs> hot like chips. Yeah, immature and short. Like going back to childhood, kind of. Anyway, your yeah. your nutritional side of you will be like, Rebecca. oh no, anything goes in pregnancy. I think if it's just enough to get you through the day, you just do it, and you can sort your oh god, it's yeah, yeah a trek for a lot of people. So um, yeah, so then pregnant with Penny, and then had her, and kind of was nice because I fo- even though it was a terrible time with the not being able to run your business was kind of nice because I didn't have any work so I could just focus on her which I didn't get to do with Lil. It's almost like a forced maternity leave. Yes yeah exactly like my business was shut I couldn't do anything I mean the the fear of the debt and the worry of the debt was it's always hanging over your head. (laughs) But um yeah so that was quite a nice time and then when she grew up a little bit when she was sort of four or five months and it was still going on I was just a bit like okay I've I've had enough here I can't wait you know, we could be waiting another year, another two years. We, we were so, you know, left in the dark here in Victoria. So I just was like, I need to do something that's going to focus my mind and, and keep me kind of going and keep me vo- motivated. So that's when I just decided to buy a, a good camera, not that I could afford it at the time. <laughs> with the you know outgoings debts raising every week and whatever but I was like I'm going to buy a good camera I'm going to learn how to use it and I'm going to film recipes and I'll put them up on my two pounds page and just you know it gives me something to do yeah really I need to focus my attention on something here so started doing that learned how to use the DSLR and yeah kind of um, posted on my two pounds page and was quite surprised by how many people really liked the recipes. Um, And without sounding like a dickhead, this stuff comes naturally to me because it is my passion and because I've always cooked. But I... I guess I didn't realise how many people were like, oh, my God, I made that curry last night and it was so easy and it was so delicious and the whole family ate it. And I was just a bit like, oh, oh, great. That's so good. Like, And that sort of kind of started to egg me on in terms of, okay, well this is actually helping people. Like it's actually giving people something that I sort of just took for granted because I didn't think everyone could cook and I didn't think everyone loved cooking, but I kind of thought everyone maybe had their own rhythm or routine in their mind that they, you know, didn't need help with or whatever. So um, started doing that, posted a lot on two pounds and people were like, love it, love it. So then basically it came to crunch time. I knew everyone was getting vaccinated. I knew that our Freedom Day was around that October, November. And we had a backlog of like two years of events, particularly weddings, that as soon as we could hit go was seven months of like at least two big weddings every weekend. So I was just at this crossroads where it was a little bit like, I really want to continue, like see where this recipe wholesome by Sarah thing goes, but I know I'm about to just be so slammed as soon as you know we're allowed out um and so I said to my sister Lies and to Bash my husband I said if I don't start it now I'm actually never going to start it and I know it sounds nuts because I don't know how I'm going to manage both but I'll just figure it out so just started the Instagram wholesome by Sarah put out a post promoted it on two pounds so I got a few to come across from there which was good and then as I knew it would, everything opened up and I got slammed. So I, I kind of didn't <laughs> put much on wholesome as much as I wanted to, but I was like, at least I've started. That was the main point. Just start, announce it to people. If I've told people about it, they'll know it's coming. So then that'll be, you know, me holding myself to account to like keep going. And then it wasn't till January, we went up to New South Wales for a month and I thought, right, when we get back from here, I really need to give that a good crack. And so came back in Feb and, and had a bit more of a plan and a schedule and five recipes a week that were themed and sort of just started pumping them out. Also with two pounds and my husband and I were working at like most of the weddings every weekend till two or three in the morning, like packing up private property. <laughs> Oh my god, this is like my life. I'm like, whoa. And it was just like it is exhausting. And then obviously we had the girls and um 
yeah, when I think back to that, I'm like, oh, which I guess you just in the moment, in the time, you just bloody do whatever you can to get through it. But um, and then that's when Wholesome just started growing, and the growth that I have that I had with Wholesome that happened very quickly was enough kind of momentum and motivation to keep you going. Yep. Um, you're kind of like, oh, wow, well, people, I think, are liking my recipes, so I'll keep going. Um, and then that was kind of nice. This year, sort of from May to July, slowed down with catering, which was nice because I kind of could, you know, get it, have a bit of a breather and focus on wholesome a bit and, and whatever else. So, yeah, that's kind of in a really long – you might have to edit a shitload of that because I blabbled so much. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm loving it so much. Every moment with you. So I know we don't want to – like you don't want to reflect on COVID too much. I, I guess it is a large two years mm. of your like of our lives but also especially your business that are deeply affected. And when I told a lot of our friends that you were coming on, um, like their response were – and a lot of them do follow you and their response was, oh, my God, I just so appreciated how raw and vulnerable – you were when you were talking about trying to get through that period. Um, it was, although I'm not in catering and events, like it was so relatable to how much pressure you were under, how much pressure as a woman and mm. a mum and a partner and a business owner you were under. And you can, like, it took, I, I, to me, I think I'm in awe of that because it takes a lot of strength to put that out there. What were your responses like? in regards to viewers or, or um, people listening and hearing what you were saying, were you receiving a lot of community support? Yeah. Um, people were just lovely in that time. And, yeah, I guess it was just when I put out stuff. I, 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 I don't care about being vulnerable. I kind of think it actually makes you stronger as a person and it actually showcases strength far more than pretending you've got your shit together and, oh, I'm, I just am great all the time. Like, it's just total bullshit. No one is great all the time, no matter, you know, whether you're a mum, whether you have whatever. Um, no one is great all the time. So I didn't mind about being vulnerable. And what I find is when you show vulnerability, you actually form the best connections with people because – you know, you can say something like you're having a shit time with this or this, whatever it may be, and if you're strong enough to put that out there, you'll often get someone else coming back saying a similar thing and then straight away a nice, lovely connection well, is formed connection. Yes. with that person yep. that's a lot better than, hey, how are you? I'm so great. Yeah, like so busy. Um, but, you know, and it's just like that's not real. No, they're like, not real conversations. It's Yeah, it's sort of, uh, you know, and you don't always have time for deep conversations in your everyday life if you're running around and you are working and you do have kids or whatever. But I find if – I think more people need to, and it's starting to happen, which is nice, but more people need to be more vulnerable because it just, yeah. Are we, which is goes to exactly why we've got someone like you on and what Zoe and I, how we even came about doing this is for those exact same conversations where we were just time and time again talking to people who those that were willing to go there and be vulnerable were saying, I'm overwhelmed, I'm struggling, mm. I, ca I can't work and, and do the kids or I can't figure out the career for me or I can't be fit and healthy and all yeah, these and, and, facets. And, you know, it comes back to also can't come home and cook. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't. How totally. Do I that's full, just an added thing. Well, at how do you do a full-time job mm. or, you know, manage a family and, and commit inspired. to helping your children mm. and dropping them off, picking them up, come home and have food on the table? I know. When you're not someone that it comes naturally to. Yeah. Which is why, I mean, I think your Wholesome by Sarah came at such a good time because the world opened up and then all of a sudden it was bang, straight back into it. Everyone was, you had, uh, two pounds had a backlog of seven months of events and it was just like, how am I going to get, go full swing from zero to 100 and then still provi pro provide yeah. uh, inspired meals for at home and so that's why it's I, I can see how and why it was almost perfect timing mm. too because um it just it it has taken off and so how do you get the how do you get inspired yourself to get the content together for the recipes oh this is what my father-in-law always says to me he's like says aren't you going to run out of his french aren't you going to run out of recipes 
And I'm like, oh, Jill, never. Like there's just too many up there. My problem is I don't have enough days to – like it takes a lot of time to film them and put them together and edit them and write the recipe and do all of that. But in terms of the ideas, they're just there. But that's they're there because I love cooking. So I I don't want to make any – only that 90 – I think 98% of my followers are female. Um, I don't want to make women feel like shit when they don't have the ideas. The only reason I have the ideas is because it's my passion. Mm, and because yes. so whatever you are passionate about or what you, where you work or, or whatever your field of work is, you're good at that because it's your passion and you love it. I'm good at this because I love it and yes. it's my passion. So don't feel bad. There's also so many nights where I'm like, oh, shit, what are we at? Oh, my God, shit, it's 6 o'clock. I haven't even thought about the girls' dinner. Oh, egg on toast. Like, it just doesn't have to be this... Elaborate. Oh, my God, no. Like, and I think the default for a lot of us, because, you know, the generation before us, our parents, this is a very big generalisation, but a lot of the time, you know, the male was the breadwinner, the female was at home with the children, and... So a lot of their life was about preparing meals for the family and there was a lot of pressure put on them to do that. And so ways that dinner were made when I, when I was a kid, for example, it was always your meat and three veg. And it just yep. always – like yep. an egg on toast was not really an option. And it's like, why not? Like It's a big option at our house. <laughs> <laughs> when Charlie's, yeah, when Charlie's back away. in Melbourne, totally. I'm like, egg on toast. <laughs> yeah, it's like my favourite. Omelette, boiled egg, whatever, you know, eggs are fantastic for that. But it's just – yeah, it doesn't have to be a – perfectly thought out meal seven nights a week no way but you managed to have um staples you you seem to on your instagram it covers off like healthy nutrition balance with your hearty will make will fill you up like i sometimes i get scared of using pasta too much because you know you're like oh carbs are you know too too heavy or not healthy or what have you but it's you said, like, is there a balance there? What's the balance between healthy, cheat, you know, yep. pantry stables, all that sort of? Definitely. So with that, it is kind of not a hard question to answer, but it will be different for everyone. So with me, I'm, I'm all about balance. I'm not about restricting any foods at all. If you want pasta, eat pasta. Obviously, yes, if you're going to really come from a health kind of perspective, your whole grain pasta, that kind of your brown rice as opposed to your white rice, they're better choices purely out of, you know, they fill you up for longer sorts of things um, and less processed and whatever. But it's in terms of what you kind of want to put in a meal, that kind of thing, and especially it's like another element when you have to think about kids because – the fussy eaters and the two dinners is just a damn nightmare. I'm still trying to work that out. I get, I, I think I lay awake at 3am in the middle of the night mm. trying to think Often. of a solution of how we merge these adult and kids meals so that we can just make one damn meal on a, on a weeknight, but I haven't got there yet. The other day I made, because I am at home full-time and I'm preparing meals each night and I've just gotten so sick of it. And yeah. I, the other night I just did baked salmon, um, microwave rice, yep. steamed greens. And I sat down and was like, this is so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't See, I actually love this. that dinner. <laughs> and I, I put the kids to bed and I made myself a pizza. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Like, I need You're like, I just something. need something. Yes, yeah. I need, I just, so I, and, but the thing is I wasn't doing sauces, I wasn't doing marinades. It was just very, very simple. Yep. Because I was trying to make it quick and the kids smother everything in Kewpie mayonnaise anyway. So I was just <laughs> like, whatever. But yeah. then to see, it's so refreshing to see how quickly you can do something like a marinade yep. without much expense or effort definitely and that comes back to your staples so like things in the in the pantry the main things I kind of have that I work with a heap and I don't try to even though I love working with exotic flavors and stuff every now and then but again that's my food loving background not my practical weeknight mum like let's get a meal on the table it's sort of like yeah, extra virgin olive oil, I pretty much use in 99% of anything I cook. You don't really need any other oils unless you kind of love Asian food and whatever and you can get a sesame oil or something like that. Spices, I with wholesome, I try to do 
because often when you look at like a a Mexican spice mix, mix or a, a Kenyan, a Mor- Moroccan spice mix, there can be like fourteen spices in it, right. and it's like who the hell is going to go out and buy fourteen of the little thingos and then make the spice yeah, mix? My husband. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie likes the elaborate cooking. Not me. Yes, yeah, yeah. But it's like what's so great now at the supermarket or your market or whatever, you'll be able to find now when you look through the spice section like a lemon, herb and garlic spice yes. mix, a Moroccan spice mix. Like, And so I say grab those sorts of things, stuff putting 12 different spices into one spice rub for one night salmon. Like just get that – Choose the ones you like. If you test them out, try different ones, have a few of them in you. And then obviously there's a few main spices that, you know, ground cumin, coriander, things like that, that you might use more regularly, but they always spice up meats and stuff like that. Then, yeah, in terms of pasta and, and rice, I'll always have them. And I have both white and rice because sometimes you just want white damn pasta and you don't yep. feel like doing the healthier version. Um, yes. All your canned stuff is so good. So in winter I always have like posadas and tin tomatoes and stuff like that for soups and stews and curries. So frozen vegetables? Love frozen veggies. They're like okay. the best. Yep. And especially for kids especially, find out what veggies they like or what they're particularly eating that month because it'll be different the next month. But um, frozen veggies are great and super healthy. They're often – there's heaps of research to say often they're healthier than – your fresh produce because they're snap frozen. So um, okay. they hold more nutritional value, but similar with the with the raw stuff anyway. Um, yeah, whatever veggies you like frozen. So we always have broccoli. I'll have like an Asian mix to throw into a quick stir fry. Um, love cauliflower rice. Sometimes I when I'm feeling so much. yeah really ultra healthy rather than who wants to have, throw a bloody whole cauliflower in a blender. No one has time for that. So by the they do like a broccoli and cauliflower rice, have that in for – even sometimes when you're like, I don't really have 20 minutes to cook rice, you can put that in the microwave with the – curry or whatever over it and it's you know you feel a bit lighter after anyway because you're not eating the rice um yeah so frozen is great I love frozen veggies frozen um like raspberries blueberries all of that but that's more for like you know smoothies and stuff like that but I love frozen berries um and then yeah 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 would you say marinades like would you promote saying like you know how you can get the pre-made marinades in the supermarket. Yeah. Do that or is it just as easy? Just as easy. Just as easy. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, again, everything in moderation. If you buy one from the supermarket and have it, absolutely fine. But often they'll have some emulsifier, different things in there that it's like it's just as easy at home. It's like extra virgin olive oil, a mustard. So if you like seeded mustard, Dijon mustard, some garlic, lemon, any dried herbs you like, whether it's, you know, dried oregano or dried cumin, whatever. And that, like, I, I'm trying to be realistic with like, oh, no, that's just too hard. Who the hell can be bothered doing that? feel like if you get a few under your belt and you're like, oh, yeah, I like the, the lemon oregano it. one or I like the yeah, whatever um, type of one, you get, you get the hang of it. Yeah. And it just you, – and those things are always sitting in your cupboard. So your olive oils, your mustards, your vinegars, that kind of thing. Same yep. with salad dressings. Yeah. And then do you ever venture into like – is because we have had lunches, Zoe and I, together where we get really festive and we like <laughs> – I thought you were going to say get really drunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's We also true. do that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we won't go there. But we could. That that, but that honestly is the, the joy of getting together with friends is – Eating and drinking. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And cooking together. Yes. Yeah. And just there being less pressure about it. Like it just doesn't – They're almost two very different versions. Like cooking at for, for, for a festive, memorable reason versus midweek meals are like – Completely very different. Very different. Yeah. 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 Well, because the week is just the grind and you're yep. just like, fucking hell. Like yeah. it's, it's 5.30 and I can't be bothered and I'm exhausted and my children are having tantrums and there's mess and shit everywhere. Oh, Who feels like – yeah, it's just So not do you nice. meal plan then? I do – a little bit. Yep. So I, I also – there was just a massive trend of meal planning like over the last 12 months on social media and I'm like, none of this is practical. Who the hell has eight hours on a Sunday when they've got young children to meal prep? Yeah. No, that gives me anxiety. At a cost of their time too. Yeah. Like, like, Sunday for kids is kind of like almost – for us it's a bit of a family time. Totally, yeah. and it should be. It's a yeah. special time where, you know, you actually get to be together with your partner and your kids. Go out and do something nice. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, oh, no, I've got a meal prep. Like, and so I will in certain bits. Um, 
But it's it's a little bit different for me now because I'll be shooting a lot of the week, so I am cooking anyway. Yes. So I have to constantly remind myself that, you know, my community that follow me for my recipes and love my recipes would possibly work in an office five days a week. They get home at 5.15 and it's like, come on, rush, rush, rush. So um, I'll do little things like poach or roast chicken breast. I'll put on some grains like brown rice or quinoa on a Sunday arvo if I'm home and I'm just pottering because I can put it on and go do something else and put my timer on. Um, and just little things like that, roast a tray of nuts, make up a salad dressing so that during the week – it just cuts out those five, 10 minute tasks that, you know, can turn a dinner into like a 45 minute prep yes. time. Yep. Like, yep. But it does add flavour and add yes. interest texture. And when you can't be bothered on a Tuesday night, it's like, oh, cool, I made that salad dressing two days ago. Great. Like yes. it's in yep. the fridge, it lasts two to three weeks. So yeah, little things like that I think are helpful. Um, yeah, but I think meal plan. And also I always say, I mean, we live out of the city now, so we're actually quite boring during the week. But when we used to live in the city, you, you often have a few things on during the week, whether it's you might be out for work drinks or a dinner on the weekend or seeing friends. So don't meal plan for seven nights either because you'll just end up having stuff no, left in, in your and, fridge. And you lose yeah. that spontaneity yes. and that feeling like you want to be able to accept invitations yep. and do things. Exactly. That, again, yeah, you know, a joyful part of living definitely basically. so yeah I, I, I always say have a look at your week ahead if you know you're going to be out you know if you know you if you drive kids around to different after school activities pick try and pick a really quick meal for those nights when you literally walk in the door at six and everyone everything's chaotic but plan maybe four to five max in in a week and you can always shoot down the shops later on in the week if if you end up having another night or two at home yeah. Or just make what you want, like open the fridge or come and go, I'm going to have an egg on toast or I'm going to have a toasty or, yeah. you know. Yeah, I'm getting there. I, I, Zoe is actually the one that is trying to drill egg on toast to me on the nights where I'm exhausted. Because yes. I'm the person that pushes through at like, I'm like, I have to give my children <laughs> Full roast dinner the, on the, the, the protein, the this and that. And I literally then I. But eggs are amazing. And then I, I ring you and I'm like, what are you doing? And you're like, I'm just lying on the floor. <laughs> And I'm like, it's 9.30 at night. And you're like, I've, I've just gone to bed. I can't move. I'm like, okay, well, this maybe we yes. need to address this. Yeah. <laughs> so when I go through your Instagram, I'm like, ah, oh. I, I seemingly have always done cooking either so simple that it's boring or so elaborate yeah. um, that I've exhausted myself. I haven't really found the in-between. So it's very refreshing yes. to, ha- to have someone reiterate the in-between and the realities of, like, Definitely. real life. Real Putting life. dinner on the table every single night of your life. And speak so of, much. Oh, it yeah. is. And so then how my question going to kids is, how do you, when you're recording and you're making all these, how do you juggle that with the kids at home? So both my girls are in um, daycare or kinder full time. Yes, okay. I couldn't do what I do with having the kids at with home. With them home. As much as they're beautiful little souls, um, <laughs> you just can't. Yeah. You can't, you can't. You need either help or support. And, I mean, Lil, we um, started daycare when she was about eight months old and it was only about a day a week. It was when I could sort of have her but also work on the side and, and whatever else and then poor Penny she was born and she was just shoved straight bye, Penny. <laughs> bye darling lucky she loves daycare bye Great mama day. I'm like see you darling <laughs> see you at 6.30 bye see you at 6.30 last parent to pick up their child um so yes I could not do yeah what I do without the girls being in like they're with Monday they're with my mother-in-law and then Tuesday to Friday they're so either at daycare and, or kinder yeah combo. yeah and my mum is great it's only that we the distance. Are out of the city yeah um and yeah. then you say out of the city because you were living in the city and you decided was that a holistic lifestyle change yeah we kind of just um had Lil and then it just changed because we loved living in in Melbourne um loved going out we used to be out three to four times a week sometimes and this was sort of in our 20s and yeah just had Lil and I don't know we couldn't afford a place in in a city so we just thought we tested out um house sitting bashes aunties 
place in Merricks for a week while they for a month while they went overseas. We sort of thought, let's use this as a bit of a test to see if it's going to work. Yeah, um, and Bash was only he his father and his sister. They've always worked from home, so even pre COVID. Which when I met him when I was seventeen, I went to their Richmond house, and his dad was sitting at home in a home office, and I thought it was the weirdest thing ever. And now so I'm strange. like, now it's so normal after COVID. Um, so tested Merricks and loved it and just were like yep let's do it the next week we weren't even there I think we we're over in Geelong and Bash's auntie was there there was only one house for rent in summers she was like yeah look it's pretty nice and we we're like yep cool we'll put in the paperwork and then we just got it and moved down about a month later and then bought our first house in Mount Martha like three years ago now so was that and it was it prompted though by COVID and going we need to just get out of it? No, so we moved um, two and a half, three years before COVID. Oh right, yeah. Gotcha. Um, and then luckily, this was actually one awesome thing we got out of COVID because both our businesses were smashed. But um, we bought our first home the September before COVID hit and just also got a really great deal um, for our home. And then obviously prices soared after that. So that was a good thing that came out of COVID. Yes. Silver lining. <laughs> we bought it a good time. Yeah. We didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yes. So then you um, have been doing Colson by Sarah by, at, from home and that yep. took off. And now, and how did your role at... 28 by Sam Wood as their head nutritionist come about? Yeah, so they um, they just contacted me a few months back and sort of just said, yeah, look, we've found you. Um, I just filmed some stuff with Sam the other day and he was saying he was getting sent a few of my recipes from people saying, oh, look at this lady. Look at this lady. <laughs> yeah, he called me a lady. <laughs> um, and then said, um, look, let's just meet. We'd like to have a chat. And so I met with him, yeah, a few months back and he was like, We've always had brilliant nutritionists. They've always been amazing. Um, But we are now looking for someone that um, obviously has a nutrition background and that will come out at times, but is not so specific on every little detail of nutrition and more a sort of well-rounded, balanced idea of nutrition and health with also being a mum and and being a bit frantic and busy and, and realistic about, you know, how you can eat well but also still enjoy life and, and the time restraints that come with being a mum and all of that sort of jazz. So, mm. um, yeah, we'd met and then it was in the works for a couple of weeks and then signed, uh, yeah, two weeks ago. And, yeah, so it, it's great because it sort of draws on my nutrition and dietetics background and love their team. It um, seems like an amazing place to work already, so very excited. And, I, it, um, and not to, to be too Oprah, but it certainly feels like a bit of a full circle. I mean, starting out studying nutrition. Yeah, yeah, it's And then weird. the journey going into teaching, <laughs> catering, and now coming back all the way around to, to yeah. Wholesome by Sarah with this and two pounds. It's so, pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And I think that's probably, I mean, I started two pounds when I was 26 not saying I was I was too young. I wasn't because I've learned a shitload in that eight years that has obviously helped me now do do what I'm doing. But it's probably that I didn't really know. I don't know. I feel like I wasn't one of those people that grew up knowing I wanted to do that. Like I knew I loved food and health and whatever, but then finding your way and sorting out, navigating where you are. And who knows? Like it's forever changing. Mm. And so um, – yeah, I, I love teaching and stuff like that, but I just, yeah, the food and nutrition and stuff was popping up more for me. Yes. So I followed that kind of avenue. And so, I mean, we always ask our um, guests, but because uh, I find hindsight fascinating. I mean, I have like so many, I call it hindsights, but I'll, I'll also call it mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, the, do you look back and like reflect on, because I, I think there's two different journeys here. It's the, the career side and getting into food, but then also as a woman, you know, that do you have advice or hindsight that you'd give to your younger self? Say there's someone right now at either will start with in the career uh, yeah. listening that is just kind of at that turmoil of, I want to go do something that I'm passionate about, but I don't know how to make it financial. Is there a hindsight that you learned? Like, Yeah, I think um, I've got a massive kind of, which I was telling you about earlier, but a soft spot and passion around women 
doing their own thing and finding their passion, whatever that may be. It might be kids, it might be career, whatever. Um, but being able to do that. And I think if someone's sitting there thinking about, oh, yeah, I have this idea or um, I really want to do something for myself or I wanna, I've got a, a, an idea that I want to follow, I think – which I did this, but I didn't tell a lot of people about it. When I had two pounds, it was like I was a bit sheepish when I started out, like sheepish to tell people and to believe that it was going to – and that's probably just a female thing because we're so used to males having, you know, dominating in the business world and and corporate, that sort of thing. But I sort of – even though I knew and I had like a gut-wrenching burn to – you know, follow my food dream and do the business. When I would talk to people probably in the first year of starting Two Pounds, it would be like, oh, you know, I've just got this little like um, catering thing that I'm doing on the side, like just bullshit stuff. Like, well, And you're scared of Yes, of judgment and, and it's like who gives a shit no, what anyone else thinks if I you think, believe hard enough, which I know and people And it comes do, like, with age, it comes yes, with confidence, it yeah. comes with, and it's know, just like guidance. Yes, through. And I think that if you've got an idea, just start actually visualising it and talking about it and telling people about it. But tell people about it in a way that you're really excited and passionate about it rather than like, oh, yeah, like I'm just kind of trialling this thing on the side. It's not really my day job or whatever, you know, whatever excuses you want to use. It's like, no, I'm going to start this thing. I've had this idea in my mind for ages and I'm just going to put it out there, see how it goes, love to create a business out of it and start telling people about it. Because also when you have that confidence in yourself, but in your ability and you share that, it's actually just going to help you anyway, because... Well, people believe in you. Yes, they're believing you. And it's also a form of networking in itself from the very early days, rather than like keeping quiet for a year and, oh, and now that a few people know about, oh, yeah, yeah, I I run two pounds, I own two pounds. Like, it's like just from the start, talk about it and tell people about it. It'll egg you on to be motivated. It'll keep you accountable because other people, you know, will say, how's that business idea going? You know, things like that. So... Don't put it off as a yeah, as a little side hustle. Like I don't really know what I'm doing, and I don't just own it. Own it. This is we're doing this. I mean, this is this is good advice for even Zoe and I right now. I'm like, thank you, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) I will take that and implement. I mean, for us, this is a real uh, doing. Even doing this podcast is is means so much more to the both of us. But then you find yourself a bit timid and a bit unsure Mm. and trying to find and telling. Yeah, it was just a side gig and looking down at the ground and now it's like, no, no, this is actually... Um, do it, own it. Yeah. yeah do it, own it. Tell people about it and be proud of it and tell people what it's about. And the thing I always think, which I thought about lots during COVID with two pounds, was what's the worst thing that can happen? So the worst thing in my mind when I was thinking about two pounds was that, yeah, the debt is creeping up. That's a challenge in itself. But I, I lose my business, basically. My business goes down the drain. And as much as that was really awful to think about and to imagine because I'd worked my ass off and also really want to always show my girls that females can do anything they want to do if they just push hard enough. But it it was – at the end of the day, I was a bit like, so if I lose this, is that the worst thing ever? And I was like, not really. Like, I can always rebuild. I will find another way. I will – and it's not failing. It's not. I just think if you've got an idea and it's sort of in your gut or in your mind, to, to just just give it a go because you you might always wonder. And even if you do it and it doesn't work out the way you you want, it might take you in another direction. It might teach you something. It's just. I think a lot of people are scared about what people think about them, and it's like who cares about any of those people? Just focus on yourself and what you love to do, and see what comes of it. And if it doesn't work out the way that you want it, that's okay because there's other, you know, other ways that you can go about life as well. I love that. But I kind of want to do a amazing. podcast with your parents too and be like, how did you raise Sarah? <laughs> She's got a really good attitude. Episode two. <laughs> <laughs> oh. okay. And then if we were, I mean, having two daughters yourself um, and focusing on the female part and the juggle of we always talk about the juggle of the hats, the 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 different roles we play, yeah. the 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 daughter to your parents, the uh, mother to your children, the wife to your partner, the all those. Do you have like? I mean, I'm I feel like I'm getting to a point 
now being married for 13 years and having, getting older children and out of the baby phase and stuff, I'm gathering thoughts about... Yeah. Do you have... Leaving. On you? <laughs> <laughs> that too. Most days, no, I'm joking, I'm joking. But, um, you know, uh, that you want to pass down to your daughters and, like, that you've learnt yourself... Yeah, experience. gosh, everything I basically do, I do it for them. But um, as in like to show them, I don't know where my feminist streak came from because it's not like my parents were really like, you get out there and you show the world. <laughs> like they'll just like do what makes you happy. So, but I just have this really strong, like um, I don't go and burn bras down the street and, you know, wave them around, that kind of feminism, aggressive, shove it down your throat. But I just have this real passion for showing and I love that I got two girls I also would have loved boys because treatment of women and stuff I would have you know really focused on but um with the girls I I just I wanted like even the other night we're having a simple conversation and Lil was like I said something like what do you want to be when you grow up and I said named a few things and they said a doctor and which I hate actually naming doctor engineer blah blah because it's like the world now is so open you can basically be whatever you want to be but doctor came up and she said well I can't be a doctor because I'm not a man and I was just like oh excuse me like I feel like we talk because my husband and I are basically 50-50 parenting wise we both work full-time we both work from home we're in the city here and there but it's it was just like a bit mind-boggling. So I, I just want to raise them to make them feel like they can do in terms of whatever. It doesn't have to be corporate. It can be becoming a mum, not becoming a mum. Like just do whatever you want to do and don't feel this pressure or whatever it is or when you perhaps do come a, become a mum, don't suddenly put yourself second or third because you think that, you know, your children and your partner are more important than you. It's it just – I don't know why women and mothers and, and – I don't know why we do that. Mm-hmm. Like it must be a natural biological thing, but I, it kind of doesn't make sense to me. I, I Like, yes, your kids, sure, you have to look after them and, and they be happy and, and you teach them everything you can, but I don't think us as mothers should take a back step and put ourselves second or third in line of life just to be able to do that. And I'm seeing, like, I so identify with that because I'm seeing that now. I had my um, kids say to me now that they're entering school and they were talking to their prep teachers and stuff, be like telling the prep teacher, oh, well, Daddy works and Mummy's just at home and Mm. hearing it and hearing them say it and being like, oh, God, and what I was passing down to them, what I was teaching them, uh, but then also what I'd lost myself. And I was like, this is a time now where... Um, I need to stop putting myself second, third, yeah. fifth and start putting me first. So I'm with you. I I, I've, I feel like I'm crawling out of the hole that I've dug for myself. Yeah. Um, but it is, I think you had a good handle on it from the get-go, which I think is quite different from from the experience that I've been having at home, but something I really value in what you're saying. Yeah. And also it's not, I mean... It's so – I've also thought this is the other thing I think about at three in the morning when I can't sleep, but there's just also not an easy answer to it. It's not an easy fix of like it, – it's. I've thought so many ways how do you make parenting more equal, like that the female or the mother gets to have a bit more choice and a bit more kind of, you know, control over – if they were a corporate woman or they want to be a corporate woman or they have a passion, how do they get to explore that a bit more – it, it's really just not an easy, straightforward answer, and it and it all starts from being pregnant. Like we're the ones that carry the baby, we're the ones that then take maternity leave, where that which that's changing, but very very slowly. It's going to be years before that, even you know. But then generally breastfeeding. I mean, in a sense, I was I might get crucified for saying this, but lucky that I couldn't breastfeed because I had horrible times with that, and I was in hospital for nearly two weeks with a breast surgery and. So my girls didn't breastfeed, but it meant that I could detach from them very early and anyone could feed them, essentially. And so there's just so many complex, and that's just in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then it goes into, so it's not an easy fix to say, oh, we just, you're a woman, do what you want to do. Like, it's not that easy. And I'm still kind of working through the obstacles in that area. Yeah. Trying to find a way for women to be able to put themselves first and, and do what they love throughout those years, if they can. Yeah, 
And it's refreshing because I think we all are. We're all trying to do the same thing. But you have been absolutely phenomenal. You have. I don't know about that. I'm probably red flush. I have rosacea and whatever. <laughs> it just flares up. Oh, I feel like, Sarah, you're my mentor. <laughs> No, but oh. thank you very, very much. And um, we're going to collate a lot of the top tips and stuff that you were able to provide us and put it onto our show notes and on our website so that um, we can pass on the wealth of knowledge that you've just oh given us. So <laughs> thank you so much for spending the time with us and joining Not Super. fabulous, Woman. Sarah. Thank no you. worries. Thank you for having me, girls. It's been great. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Not Super Woman. You can find extra resources, links and information on our website, which is notsuper-woman.com. Is that a dash or a hyphen? A dash is a hyphen, Rash. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> um, and if you're enjoying what we're bringing, you can follow us on our socials and we're across all podcast platforms. So hit subscribe, guys. Subscribe.